Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. My name is Minister David. If you haven't seen me before, I'm the youth minister or pastor. And I just want to say hello to my family. My wife is home with an ailing child, and so she's like, I'm going to stay home for tonight. But love you, babe. And uh, thank you, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen, for giving me the honor and privilege of serving and giving the word here tonight on your pulpit. And shout out to all our youth leaders and our youth. Shameless promotion for our team. We meet every Friday at 7 o'clock. So if you're in the ages between uh, 7th grade and 12th grade, we'd love to have you every Friday night. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to continue our series called Experience Life. Everybody say Experience Life. Experience Life. life. Every year we go through uh, uh, this series and just to refocus and, and repurpose our vision and our And what God wants to do in us and through us. And so Pastor Karen did a great word on Sunday. If you missed it, you want to go online to our YouTube or our Facebook and listen to that message. It was amazing. Talking about vision and what it can do for you in experiencing God. And then on Sunday, everybody say Sunday. Sunday coming up, Pastor Daniel will have a powerful word on power that you will not want to miss. So you want to tell your friends it's via video, but you're not going to want to miss this Sunday. So tonight I will be continuing the series of Experience Life through people. Everybody say people. People. I'm going to subtitle this, we're all in this together. And everybody like under third just sang that song in their head. We're all in this together. Come on, let's all stand for the reading of the word. Turn me in your Bible to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. And I'm reading out of the uh, New King James. That which from the beginning, everybody say beginning. beginning. Everybody say beginning. beginning. Which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. Everybody say manifested. Manifested. Anybody get chills up this fine? Manifested that we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which is with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship, everybody say fellowship, Fellowship. is with Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. How much? Full. Let's pray. Don't follow the first word. Lord God, express yourself through my lips tonight, Lord God. Let it be your words and not mine. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. One of the things that we talk about here is experience life with people, power, and purpose, right? With what? People, power, and purpose. One of the ways to experience life is not just to come to church or, or to this building just out of religious obligation. It's about preparing yourself in ways and getting your attitude right to experience life with 
God, yes, ultimately with God, but with the people that are sitting right next to you. So we're going to be talking about people and how to experience life. One of the ways that we experience life is this, is that we must remember that he gives us life and life more abundantly. More what? Abundantly. Like it says in John 10.10. 10. Abundantly, meaning full, meaning over the top, meaning great. Amen. Not sad, droopy person. He likes, it, likes for us to experience life and life more abundantly. We must remember in experiencing life, how do we do that? Well, we must first, we must be present. Anybody present tonight? Anybody here in the room? If you're there or not, you're present. I learned this from a, from a mentor of mine. Be present in every situation, whether you're at home, whether you're at school, whether you're at community. Give focus to what focus is due in that time. To be present, whether it be as a father or as a husband or as a pastor or a minister, be present. And the thing that we take and take great joy is knowing that we have eternal life. How does that figure? Because of the fact that we can be joyful and present because we know that our life will continue with Jesus, with God. If we look at this text, we look at John's great painting in this, in this book and of, of incarnation of God dwelling with us. Being what? Present. There are two key words in this scripture that I want to kind of go after. It's called beginning. Ever say beginning. beginning. And manifested. These two words kind of set up what I call the experience factor. There's an experience of life, yes. But there's also an experience of Jesus. But you, cannot, you can't experience one without the other. What? Yes, because God wants you to experience life in himself, to experience life in who you are, to experience life with people, right? So as we go about tonight, this word experience is, is far greater than what we could ever think or imagine. If we look at this word beginning, everybody say beginning. The, the, the Greek word that, that translates to this is RK. RK. A-R-K-A-Y. Isn't it weird how we had an archaic generation at one point? Or an archaic thing. God wants us to start at the beginning of who he is by being archaic and barbaric in who he wants us to be. Because we got to go after it. Right? And the thing about the word, the word beginning, it, 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 it means original or the thing that starts with a person or commences. I want to encourage you tonight that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, the word was. That happens a lot in this Bible. If you haven't read it before. The beginnings happen a lot for, for him and for us. If you've, ever, if you've ever read all the way through, we must know that in the beginning means a fresh start. And then we go to this word manifested. 
This, the, the word manifested is, is, is to mean actual or visual. If I was to ask you tonight, can you give me 100 bucks? Be like, probably. Can I, pull, use, you know, can I use my credit card? No. Because I want it actually in my hand. See, when God manifested himself into, into, into Jesus, he manifested himself into a person. He became visible, visible. He became flesh among us. At that moment, when Jesus came at the, uh, to Mary and Joseph in that manger, he came to us in the flesh. He came to us in a way that it made him real. Jesus was no more a figment of people's prophecies and imaginations. He was a real human being. He became and the thing about it is, as, as we look at the scripture, when we describe Jesus, he's described as the word of life. As, as Jesus appeared in person there with Mary and Joseph, God wants to appear to you tonight. He wants to jump off of the, off of the paper of the Bible and become real. He wants to become real. Why is that so, why is that such a big thing? Because when he becomes a real person because he is a real person he becomes relevant in your life we must know that the gospels is not just a bunch of rules and regulations of christianity it guidelines it is guidelines from a real person by the name of jesus but some people are are kind of screwed Screwed up in, in their thinking of, well, Christianity, you got to do this, this, and this. Yeah, I agree. Some of the rules that, that people think the church puts upon them is, you got to go to church. Okay. You got to give your tithe. All right. Make sure you behave. Okay. Always do the right thing. Okay. But realistically... When Jesus came into the picture, he messed everything up. He messed everything up. Because Jesus not just grew up, but he went to the cross. He went to the grave, and he rose again. Because it's about, not about, about religion. It's about relationship. It's about relationship with the risen Savior. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, it says, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Or in other translations, it says vain. But guess what? We serve a God that rose on the third day. We serve a God who sits on the throne. They're at the right hand of God. And so what we preach, what we pray, and what we prophesy is not empty. It is fullness of who he is and what he wants to do in our lives. I want to encourage you tonight. If you begin to start experiencing life with God, the experience life with others will be better. Because being a Christian is committed to fellowship. The Greek word is kononia. 
You've probably heard this a billion times in our church. I've heard it a billion times in this church. Not just this church, but there in Mali. Koinonia, a group of people that gathers together with one purpose. We are gathering. Everybody say gathering. Gathering tonight. And the greatest part about that word, koinonia, comes from the Greek expression of, of, of marriage. I was going to use my ring as an example. And babe, I'm so sorry. I forgot it at home. So yell at me later. See, when you get married, she, she takes a ring. You take your ring. It's a sign of a ring, you know, never-ending symbol. That's what not just marriage is and koinonia is. It's what we have as a group of fellowship of, of Christians, of saints. We have an unending camaraderie of people. And yes, koinonia can mean so many other things. It can mean a, a business partner. It can mean this. It can mean a, a team or, or, or a, a group of people. But the best way of describing koinonia is the gathering of saints. And as we go forth and as we fellowship, it also represents a personal relationship with God. Let me ask you tonight, do you have koinonia with God? Do you have fellowship with him? Well, maybe. My, my, my urge you tonight is to have fellowship with God. It's not that hard. If you go, I can have fellowship with God. <laughs> I, I work with students, so I, I always try to give a simple solution to the, what seems to be a, a crazy problem. If we can speak with our mouth, then we can have a relationship with God. And as you have a relationship with God, you have to have commitment to a church. You have to have a commitment to a church. Like it says in verse 3, that they also may have what? fellowship with us. It's about fellowship with a community of believers. There's no person but God that wants you to experience life with people. Everybody say people. People. And as you experience life with people, he wants you to experience life with people healthy. Healthy relationships. With godly relationships. With godly boundaries. See, God wants us to experience life with him and with people. Number three, experience life with people. Know that when you become a Christian, it is God's intention. But it's an intention. Intention for you to be a part of a community of believers. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Now therefore, you are no stranger and foreigners, but fellow citizens. With the saints and members of the household of God. Let me tell you, when you said the sinner's prayer, or maybe you haven't, and I will give you an opportunity later on. But when you say that sinner's prayer, you come out of darkness into his light, and you're not a citizen of the location. You are a citizen of God. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of his holiness. And what happens? In this verse, it says, as you are a citizen of God or a citizen 
of, 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 of heaven. The reason why is, is because household. How many of you guys ever, how many of you guys know what, the, what household means? It means together. In Hawaii, we, we have a word called ohana. It's all together. All together. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what your bloodline is. If you considered ohana, you're considered family. God wants you to be in, in what I would call, because I'm from Hawaii, as most of you know, I consider myself a part of God's ohana, God's family. And as you're part of this God, you're part of God's family, the ecclesia really comes to shape. It really comes to form of who God is in your life. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, it says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. What does it say? Fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. There's Jews and there's Gentiles. We are Gentiles, but because we've accepted Jesus, because he is our Lord, because he is our Savior, we are accepted into his family. And so I want to encourage you tonight. That, that the ecclesia, that group of people, it does something for you. And I'm going back to, through the church, the manifestation of wisdom, of, of, oh, I messed that one up, huh? Typo. The manifestation of wisdom happens when ecclesia, godly gathering happens. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom, or say wisdom, of God might be made known by the church. God wants you to experience wisdom and greater purpose in this group of people. And the crazy part is when God God allows you to experience greater wisdom, greater testimonies begin to happen. The wisdom of God allows for greater testimonies of God. We, We are put on this earth to a stop to the devil and all his minions. How does that happen? We got to be positioned right. Positioned right with our group of people called the army of God by the wisdom through the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it happens. Tonight's gathering of the saints is a testimony of what God is wanting to do along the, around the world. If you look around you tonight, you see every color. You see every shape. You see every form. You're looking at a small, minuscule snapshot of what heaven is going to be like. And that's the one thing that I'm super excited about. Being in KC, we are a snapshot of what God is doing in heaven that he's bringing to earth. But how does that happen? Well, first, we must fight individualism. We must fight individualism. You know, if you've ever watched the the Animal Channel, anybody watch the Animal Channel or Animal Planet? Sometimes when predators 
go after prey, they separate their prey from their herd so that it's easier to, to get to that prey. In the same way, the devil, we good? All right. The devil wants to separate you from the ecclesia or the group of believers so that you're easier to pick off. Because, and then because of the fact that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he can't do that if you have a fellowship. And some of the ways that he tries to do that, I'm just going to read through some stuff that I kind of wrote down. You guys ready? We have, the devil uses lies. Here's some of the lies. You ready? I don't like people. I don't like people. <laughs> well, I don't like to talk. Mm, I don't like to talk. So I'm just going to walk right on through. I'll just let you know I'm, an, I'm a introverted extrovert in my life. I like to be alone, but you know what? Jesus healed me. Jesus. Another thing that my son always says, and I kind of like, every time he says it, I'm like, stop, is I'm shy. <laughs> what? We go to people's houses, we go to, you know, we see people in the store, and I'm like, say hello, and they're like, he's like, I'm shy, dad, you don't remember? No, dude, come on. <laughs> Another way <laughs> the devil tries to pick you off is, is I just want to go with the flow. I just go from here to there. But then if there's no ecclesia, if there's no group of people that you're accountable to. Mm, just leave that right there. The last thing I have is this. I just want to be my own person. Mm -mm. <sighs> See, the problem with being your own person is you're not really relating to who God is. Because God is drawn by who you are to who he is. That means, guess what? You're not alone. You're never alone. You're never really an individual. Right? You're never really, I'm just who I am. It doesn't matter what you look like. All that matters is that the gathering of people to praise God. Because when we're in heaven, there is no individualism. It's all bowing down, worshiping the king. It says, God, I love you. You are amazing. Individualism doesn't even come into play. The next thing is we must fight against entertainment culture. Woo! Know that entertainment isn't bad. But know that when it starts to take place of God, we need to check what entertainment really means in our lives. You know, we've been in a fast, and the one thing that I, you know, I'm the youth guy, but I like entertainment. I like to watch movies. Anybody else like to watch? I'm a movie guy. I love to watch movies. So even through this fast, I, I fasted. In, I've never known. I mean, I've done it before, but I'm like, wow, I have a lot of time in my life. Well... See, this is the thing. Entertainment is, 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 is sometimes it steers 
to another direction. You know why? Because when it steers us to another direction, we can't focus on who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. I'm going to just say this. I'm going to leave it where it is. Okay, here we go. If you're Netflix, if you're Hulu, if you're Instagram, if you're Facebook, if you're TikTok, etc., is more important than your calling, your gifting, your purpose, God's plan for your life, then you've lost sight of what God really has for you. See, this is the thing. We got we to gotta look away from our entertainments of the world and focus on the godly things of our lives. God's plan for you is to become part of a family, not to be separated by your own devices, by your own computers. We must fight against information from living out our purpose. We must, number one, grow in the knowledge of God. How do we do that? We get into the Word, we get into the Bible. It's not just a book that we read, but a manual for life. And then once we read that book, once we get, once we get what God has tried to explain to us, you know what? The Bible is deep. The Bible is wide. It is never ending. And then when you read that word, when you get that revelation, we must apply it to our daily life. Because when we apply it to our daily life, when we apply the word, we remember the biblical truths that comes from God. And we have to know this, that we don't just read, we let it become alive. You know, the crazy part is this, even Satan knows the Bible. So if, if, even if you read it and you don't apply it, you may miss what God really has for you. I'll say this. Know what you learn is the way you will always live your life. What you learn you will always is the way you will always live your life. So if, you're, if your learning capability is only... Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, anything on, on network TV, that will be the source of who you are. That will become who you are. And as, and as believers, we need to create community that is personal. Everybody say personal. A personal community or slash church requires people. It requires you. It requires you, it requires you, it requires you, it requires from the babies to, to the adults. It requires everyone. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you, have, you, you are spiritual restorer, such a one in a spirit of gentleness. I think I messed that one up. That's okay. Considering yourself least also be tempted. Bear one another's what? Burdens. When we become a church or a group of people, we are called to bear one another's burdens. Number two, community is where people are restored. Being restored allows us not to just be 
restored, but to be healed. And then when we're healed, we're able to come together with others. God wants us to be restored. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he, has, he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us mystery of his. Everybody say his. His will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That the dispensation of the fullness, everybody say fullness. You can't be full, you can't have his fullness if you consider yourself broken. Well, I just, I just need time to work it out. Well, work it out. Let God do a restoration in your life. Find people that will help you. Find people that will restore you. Find people that will hold you accountability, you're accountable to so that the fullness of who he is is expressed out of who you are. And that's why we need people. Everybody say people. People. The, the, the community or slash church is where people are carrying one another's burdens. That's why I messed that one up. We can't do this unless we know them. We can't do it unless we know each other. If I don't know your name, I don't know your situations, I will never be able to carry your burden. If I never get out to make a phone call or send a text, I will never know what you're dealing with. So we must know them. Only one of the ways that can help to know other people is spend time in fellowship to have friendship. Get into a Group. Everybody say life group. Life group. Life groups are the life of the church. You know why? Because it creates kononia in our church. Get involved in a team. I serve with an amazing team called the youth team. There's so many other teams in our church that make up Kings Alaska. But I'm telling you what, every group of people is, is essential to do in our lives and everyone else's lives. And the last thing I have is when we know people or know them, we know people's birthdays, people's holidays. We know everything about them. I know everything about my wife. You know why? Because we have a koinonia with each other. Be a place where you learn how to love. Getting back right into the notes. Sometimes it's easy to love someone you don't know. But it's hard to Love someone that you know their faults. John chapter 15 verse 12 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. God wants you to love the person sitting next to you. Number two, that love operates in a growing circle. What does that mean, Minister David? It means that my love doesn't just happen with me. I love myself. I just love my, you are awesome, Minister David. You, you're, you're great. Wow. No. 
What it means by a growing circle is that love had to go to my parents. That love had to go to my wife. My love had to go to other people. And my circle gets bigger. Everybody say bigger. It happens in a ripple effect. It starts with you and goes out. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Therefore, we, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Everybody say do good. Do good to all, especially those who are, are of, the, of the household of faith. Do good. Everybody say do good. Do good, do good translates into love. Mm, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Forget it. Uh, see, the thing about this is this. When we love others and love the people around us, the household of faith gets bigger. Gee, we must be in, we must be, we must be in a place where the power of agreement can operate. Agreement. Everybody say agreement. Agreement. Number one is we have to be agreement have agreement in prayer. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, it says, Then I say to you that if, you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. See, God wants you to come to agreement so that he can be there with you. Yes, we can pray by ourselves. There's power in prayer. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can only pray. No, no, no. You can pray in your prayer closet. God honors the prayers of your prayer closet. But there's something that happens when a group of people gather and the one voice goes forward. It's like it says in the word, 10, uh, one person puts 10,000, two persons put, or, yeah. You guys got my numbers, but you guys got the verse. Sometimes I mess up. See, God wants us to gather together in agreement through prayer. We also must be in agreement through vision. How does that work with people? That works great with people. Because for every vision that you have for your life or, the li or a vision for the things that you want to do, you need people to come alongside you. We have a great vision. The one thing about KC is, is we have great visions. And, and, and how do you know when it's because I, I grew up in KC. I, I started going to KC, Kings, Cathedral, and Chapels. Uh, I started in Maui when I was two. So I, I, I saw the vision happen from one church to three churches. Maui and Lanai. That was the first vision. Then we went to, if, correct me if I'm wrong, please help me out. The 12, 12, 12. Okay, cool. It meant 12 churches in Hawaii, 12 churches in the mainland, and 12 churches worldwide. Right? And then we went to the one, two, which I don't even remember what the analogy is, but we went to that. 100 churches in the U.S., 200 churches overseas, 30,000 people in corporate unity. And then now, everybody say now. now. Now we have Vision 500. I don't think you guys understand this. 500 churches by May. May. 
We didn't even give ourselves four years. We gave ourselves one year. That's a big deal. How does that vision come about? With every single person that is called by his name will humble themselves and pray and healing land to allow you to go forward and do what God has called you to do. That's the only way it happens. To have a bigger vision, to have a vision bigger than yourself is to have a vision that you can strive to be. Uh, be in a place where vision comes to life. KC is a great place <laughs> to have vision come to life. Anywhere you go, a lot of pastors and ministers that you talk to, a lot of pastors in, 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 in extensions and other places, this is normally how the conversation happens, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, sir, or hey, pastor, or hey, minister, what is God laying on your heart? That's a loaded question in our organization. Because you know what that's really saying? What do you have vision for? What do you have purpose for? So we must have a greater vision. We must be in agree agreement of enjoying life. Enjoying life. Know that, that Christianity is fun and it is exciting. That half of the building, you know what they're doing right now? They're having fun. They're playing games. But guess what? They're learning the word of God. You know what I do on Friday night? We have fun. We have worship. We play games. But guess what? They're getting the same messages you're getting. You know why? Because Christianity is fun. Being a believer is fun. About enjoying life. It's great to raise Christian kids with Christian values. It's fun. My son always challenges me to be a better father. My wife challenges me to be a better husband. And you know what? Sometimes it hurts. But guess what? The end result is fun. I promise. Ask me in about a week and a half. No, I'm fine. We enjoy life by knowing the presence of God. Of other people and ourselves when we go out into every community. And the last thing I have is this. And I want you to kind of fill in the blank. Enjoying life means he is your blank. What does that mean, Mr. Edward? For me, he is my source, he is my shield. He is my rampart. He is my provider. He is my visionary. He is my, 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 my everything of who I am. But guess what? I can't do life without these guys. I can't do life without my team. Believe me, I've tried to do it by myself. And you know where it's left me? Broken hurt, mostly mad, and only thinking about myself. When God has said, I've come to give you life, guess what he's saying by that? I've come to give you people. I've come to give you people. I'll close with this. Sometimes we may not like the packaging of a person, 
I'm about to step on some stuff right now. Mm. Sometimes we don't like the packaging of a person. What's exactly what we need to be full? A person that challenges you. Oh. A person that challenges you to experience life with people, power, and purpose allows you and puts you in a position not just to see God, not just to hear God, but to every aspect and successes of your life. But the crazy part is this. It begins with Him. Every experience with people begins with Jesus. It says in the Bible, I stand at the door and knock. And anybody who hears my voice and answers the door, I will come in. That's where it starts. That's where the rubber meets the road. But if you hear his voice and answer, guess what? He'll come in and create what? Kononia. Kononia. Gathering. But the only way that happens is if you answer the door of your heart, of your life, of your personal beliefs. And say, Jesus, here I am. Because 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross and rose on that third day and went into heaven to sit at the right hand of God for you and for me to create koinonia with each other. But it's first opening door believing your heart, in your heart and confessing you with your mouth that you are saved, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that heaven is your home. That is where it starts. And I want to encourage you tonight, just as I said earlier in the sermon, I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to accept Jesus, to accept Kononia, to accept somebody into the, into the house of who you are. So that others can come through. With everybody's head bowed, everybody's eye closed, nobody looking around. If you're here tonight and you say, Minister David, I want to start having quantity. I want to start by having Jesus in my heart, in my life. Maybe you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, Minister David, I've accepted him once. Maybe I've accepted him several times. But I'm making a true commitment tonight. I'm changing the direction of my life in order to do life with people, power, and purpose. So that he can come in. Not just to clean my house, but to put it all back the way he if that's you and you want to accept Jesus for the first time or you need to recommit yourself, I want you to take a step of faith by raising your hand on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on. Come on. If you are ready to take that next step, I want to offer you, come meet me at the front. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just, I just want to help you to encourage you. 
It says to confess me before men. So I, that's what we're doing here tonight. If that's you and you've raised your hand, I want everybody to stand up. But if you raise your hand, I want you to come meet me at the front right now. Come forth. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you tonight. But you know what? It takes the first step of getting out of the chair. It takes the first step of opening the door of your heart. It takes the first step to do life with people, power, and purpose right now. Come on. Come on, let's give these guys a hand. Come on. God is rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing tonight. The angels are rejoicing tonight. Before we pray, I want to just encourage you tonight. If you're standing up here, the shepherd went after the one. You're never gone. You're never too far gone. Jesus is always willing to say, hey, come on, come on, come on. If he's tugging, God wants you to do something for him. So I want everybody to read. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Whether you're up front or maybe you're, you're in your chair. Let's all affirm our faith tonight. Why don't you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Wash my sins away. Make me whole. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's some people that are up here and they're just standing around. They're going to come and get your name and your, your number and your, a little bit of your information. Don't run away. You know why? Because this is how we develop Kononim right now. I'm not waiting till next week. I'm not waiting till five months from now. We are developing Kononim right now. And then how you start and go for it. Get, in, get into our growth track. Get into the things of of our church because we because God wants to do something in your lives. Come on, I'm gonna bow your heads, close your eyes, and we get to wrap up tonight. Lord God, we thank you for what you are doing in people's lives. That we want to experience more of you. Experience you with others with greater power, with greater purpose, with greater fervor. Lord God, we pray that you will equip us in this new season to go forth into the highways and byways and compel people into this house because this house is a place of gathering. This house is a place of koinonia. This house is a place that people need to come together and worship you. Because we want to honor you. So I thank you for all that you're doing in every person's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Kip. Hallelujah, great word. Come on, let's worship a little bit together. 2021 is the year that you're going to be released in the fullness of the calling that God has in your life. Amen. So let's worship together just for a couple.
Father, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, that you have set us apart for a reason, that you have blessed us for a reason. You have given us strength. You have lifted us up for the miry clay, set us up with noblemen, Lord, that we may have influence over our city for your kingdom. And we're going to step out this year in power and might to see your kingdom come. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift up his countenance to you, be gracious, and give you his peace. You are blessing the city, blessing the field, blessed coming in and blessed going out. And everything you touch your hand to do shall prosper in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Don't forget to register for the conference and continue to trust the Lord. In Jesus' name, we love you. Have a great night. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.